Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with a Few podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion for seeing people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey everybody, happy Monday. Welcome back to another podcast episode. We hope that you're pumped for today because we have a lot to dig into. We're going to go basically from the book of Luke all the way to the book of Revelation, guys. It is going to be great. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But Maddie is going to be talking about the resurrection and that kind of thing. And then I'm going to focus more on the birth of Jesus and we're going to tie it in. Just trust me, at the end, it will all come together. Yeah, we pray. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, Hopefully, it all comes together at the end. But we have some super cool details that we have been studying about these stories recently and we want to share them with you because we're very close to Christmas. We want to look at, well actually, you know what, we're just going to tell them because tell them what? They're not going to understand this if we don't tell them. Um, We're going to be looking mostly at the shepherds and a cool thing about that in Luke 2 and then Maddie has a really cool thing about the resurrection and something that Jesus did in the tomb that you may not know about. And I haven't really seen, hopefully, we're really hoping that this is something new for you guys because it was for us. Yeah. And I don't see a lot of people necessarily like posting on social media and a lot of preachers talking about it. So hopefully it's new because, you know, the birth of Jesus and Christmas and all that stuff can kind of become boring sometimes, especially if you're hearing it year after year and um, stuff like that. Obviously it shouldn't be, but it just does. The whole story, you know, you know what's coming up, you... Especially when you don't have new facts. Exactly. Kind of like this. Like, this has made Mm -hmm. the Christmas story a lot more interesting for us. Because even we were getting Mm -hmm. stuck in that, like, okay, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I can literally, like, recite week two. (laughs) Right. And so... I think that when you add in new facts like this, it's still the same story, but it Mm -hmm. gives you a lot of background. And it's a lot of stuff that, honestly, like, whenever we learn this stuff, mom's always like, how do people find this stuff out? How do they know this? What do you even look up or search or anything? And so this is hopefully somewhere that you can come to learn new stuff about this kind of thing. Right. Okay. But before we get into all that, we do have to update on all the stuff that has been happening this week because we kind of had a crazy week and we probably threw y'all off a little bit if you keep up with the blog and the podcast really hasn't changed. We've been pretty consistent with that, Um, but update us on all that good stuff. Okay, so for the blog post this week, we just ended up reposting Mm -hmm. one of our Christmas blog posts from last year because we were having the few Christmas party on Thursday and we were seriously so busy, like so busy. And so a lot of you really liked that blog post last year. So we decided that we would repost that for y'all to read. Just a good reminder around Christmas. It's called Presence or Presence. I know weird. It's like the presence of God or the presence under the Christmas tree. So mm. 
Um, very good blog post. I would encourage you to go read that. As usual, the blog is linked in the description of this episode, so you can just click the link or you can look us up at thefew.blog. And then we also did a mini-sode this Saturday called We Just Hit Record, kind of a kind of an Christmassy (laughs) mini-sode, I guess. So you can go listen to that. That's our latest Mm -hmm. uh, podcast episode. Mm And Lily's phone's vibrating. Jeez. I swear, everybody tries to get a hold of me whenever we record. Like, every single person just loves to text when we record. And parlor goes off like crazy. And, oh my goodness. It's it's fun. We're not distracted podcasters at all. Anyway, so uh, all that stuff is in the description of this episode and all of our other episodes. So, you can go check out the blog and go check us out on Parlor, Instagram, and Facebook. I know you're probably sick of hearing about Parlor, but we really, really, really need you mm-hmm. to switch to Parlor because the censorship stuff is getting really bad. So annoying. And our goal was to be able to completely leave Facebook by the end of this year, which is mm-hmm. closing in very quickly. Very quick. Um, and so we're still getting a lot of traffic on our page and everything. Uh, just definitely not as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. But since you guys have been liking and sharing and that kind of thing, it has been getting out to more people. Right. But honestly, we are really done with Mm -hmm. Facebook and all this stuff. So, Parler has been doing a lot of new updates and have been improving the app a lot. So, it is super easy to use, super nice. I love it. It's Mm -hmm. like my primary news source now. So, we would encourage you to switch to Parler and go and follow us over there at thefew.blog and all that stuff is in the description of this episode and everything. Mm -hmm. But, we would really, we still really would like to leave Facebook at some point. Uh, it might not be by the end of the year, but we are kind of hoping that it will be. Yeah. Uh, but we really, really want everyone to get switched over to Parlor and follow us over there so that you can still mm-hmm. see our stuff. Right. Because we don't want to just, like, leave Facebook all of a sudden mm-hmm. and then no one gets to see our posts or anything anymore. So, Parlor yeah. is great. And people think that it's just a news source and it's not. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it is right now i'd say that's more of what it's like because there's a lot of political of everybody being on there but you don't have to follow those people you Mm -hmm. know that's the great thing about social media is you can choose but you decide what shows up in your feed exactly it's just the people who you follow right or who now sometimes if someone that you follow would echo something right but it's just like then it would come up but yeah yeah like normal yeah, but stuff. the other thing is, if you get your friends and family and stuff to go- to make the switch with you, then it becomes more of the social media thing instead yeah. of news because you're seeing, you know, when people start posting like they normally would on Facebook or Instagram, then that becomes the primary, you know, social yeah. media. So that's what we're attempting to do. But oh my goodness, <laughs> it is difficult though because like one person will complain about it or something, right. and then <laughs> and then everybody's and then everyone's like, like oh. "Oh, it's horrible, hate it." Yeah. Blah, blah, but I love it. So. Right. And if you guys do have questions, like seriously, yeah. just message us because it's. I know it's hard for the older folks to try and you know get it because. It's more like Twitter, so if you haven't used Twitter before, you don't know necessarily how it works and stuff, but it's really simple, and we'd love to have you Yeah, I'd never... I hate Twitter, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's But I I hadn't used Twitter at all. I just don't like the guy that owns it and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, 
like parlor was super easy to use even mm-hmm. for me who has never used twitter or anything so yeah even when we switched in july or whatever it was yeah. i mean we got it within the first week of using mm-hmm. it and you know that's for and it like explains every day. a lot to you as you set up mm-hmm. your account yeah just pay attention so just, just pay, pay attention, attention people <laughs> come on <sighs> okay guys grab your bibles unless you're you know driving home from work or at school or something like that where you can't then just listen but we really encourage you guys to grab the word and have it in your hands and look at it while we're reading here because we want you guys to be able to have this study with us this is kind of going to be a christmas devotional thing i guess we can call it yeah um because we are going to look at like i said earlier luke chapter 2 and then maddie has some more stuff that she will share with us about the resurrection and what this means for us today because we always want to apply the stuff that we're talking about to us today it's not just old history it's not just something that we read and go yep birth of jesus awesome done deal right yeah It applies to us today, and we want to understand those things more fully so that we can understand the Lord more fully, okay? So Luke chapter 2, I think I'm going to read verses 1 through 20, and like I said earlier, we're going to really focus on the shepherds and their part in this, which you're probably thinking, oh, she's going to say the normal stuff, lowest people, all this stuff, okay? Yes, we're going to incorporate that in, but that's not the that's not the message I'm trying to get across here. So, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Okay, so, normal Christmas story, right? Stuff that I probably read and you were like, yep, yep, I got it, I know, right? But there are some cool details about the shepherds here that I want to point out. And like I said earlier, we had not known this until, what was it, last year when we were studying this part? Yeah, last year, I think. last year. And so, uh, let's start, Mary did two things. So, she she gave birth to Jesus, and then in verse 7, it says, She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
So mm-hmm. two things there. She wrapped him tightly in cloth and then laid him in a manger. Two kind of weird things, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to include this in scripture. It's details that are normal, right? I mean, you want to keep the baby warm. So there you go. Normal motherly thing to do doesn't seem out of the ordinary, but it's really special here. And verse eight, it says that the shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock and that an angel of the Lord stood before them. And then we have the whole angel part, right? The angel says in verse 12 that this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Okay. This is interesting because if you look at shepherds in Jesus's day, I mean, again, we know this, right? They are not the most rich and famous and popular people out there in mm-hmm. this time. The shepherds what a lot of times we don't know, right? Because for goodness sake, we don't have shepherds nowadays necessarily. <laughs> there were basically two different kinds of shepherds. So there were normal ones. <laughs> Let's normal just say normal. Ones. And then you had the trained ones. Okay. You may be like, Lily, this is so stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? Just trust me. Just stick with me here. Okay. So the normal shepherds were basically the ones that would stay with their sheep by day. And they were usually hired hands. Okay. They don't care about the sheep. They don't own the sheep. They are just there to, it's their job and they're there to watch the sheep to protect during the daytime. And they're hired to do that. Right. It's not like that they own these sheep or that this is like their sole purpose is in their livelihood. Right. It's just their occupation. Right. And so they're not necessarily, like if a lion comes or something, right, they may try to fight it off, but they're not going to give their lives for this, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to make that distinction. These regular shepherds who do that, who are hired hands, and then we have the shepherds who are trained, and these shepherds who are trained care for the sacrificial lambs, okay? Mm -hmm. These are the ones that these lambs are going into the temple to be sacrificed for the people's sins, right? This is what God has required in the law, and this is what they're doing. And so they they are trained to care for these lambs in a special way because there are a lot of specifics that they have to do with these lambs. Like, they can't have bruises, no broken bones. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Like, they literally have to be perfect. And these trained shepherds had to keep them that way. Like, they had to keep them from breaking their leg. They had Mm -hmm. to keep them from being bruised or from, you know, whatever it may be. They had to be absolutely perfect. And so, the trained shepherds would keep them that way. Here is the interesting thing. These lambs are killed because there has to be bloodshed for sin, right? That's always been God's requirement since the garden. However, what we usually don't look at and what we usually don't know because that's not in our day and age, we're not used to this and we wouldn't just know this, but they would, was that these sacrificial lambs, as soon as they were born, they had to be wrapped tightly in cloth and then the shepherds, these trained shepherds who care for them, had to lay them in a manger. Now, you may be like, well, that's really weird. Why would they do that? Because, like I said earlier, no bruises, no broken bones, none of this. And if you guys, and I'm sure we are all familiar with, you know, we've seen the videos on Facebook or whatever where these little baby animals are trying to walk for the first time, right? And they're all wobbly and they're trying to get the hang of it and their legs aren't strong yet and they're trying to get used to it. Well, a lot of times when that happens, they're going to fall down, they're going to get some bruises and 
probably not break anything, but they could, right? They also, like, their fur wasn't allowed to get right. uh, no dirty or anything, so that was another reason that they would wrap them right. so that they couldn't stand up and walk and then fall get over dirty. and get right. dirty because that mm-hmm. was a big no-no. Right. And so, I mean, quite literally, these lambs had to be perfect. This mm-hmm. is a big job. It's not something that's just like, oh, well, you know, let them go eat out in the field and just, you know, watch them, make sure they stay in your area. It wasn't like that. These lambs yeah. are cared for 24-7. I mean, quite literally 24-7, which is interesting because this says that these shepherds are out during the nighttime. I'm pretty sure from what me and Maddie have studied and stuff was that the normal shepherds, they're not going to stay out at night, yeah. right? They're not going to be watching their sheep at night. They're probably going to be in a pen and maybe somebody's watching them, but you know, not really. It's probably these trained shepherds who are watching these sacrificial lambs and keeping them safe, Mm -hmm. right? And keeping them pure for the sacrifice. This is so interesting to me, guys, because then, like I said, in verse 12, it says that the angel tells the shepherds, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Mm -hmm. This is so unique because this will be a sign for you. This is something that these shepherds know about. This is something, like their whole lives, they have been trained, as I said earlier, to care for these sacrificial lambs. So when they see Jesus wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, this is going to be a unique and comfortable thing that they're going to walk into, right? It's not like shepherds are not going to walk into this grand palace and see a king, right? This is not, they're not going to be comfortable with that. That's Mm -hmm. not familiar with them. But when they walk up to literally a manger and a baby wrapped tightly in cloth, This is a familiar setting to them. And what else would it make them think of? I mean, I'm just like, just imagine this scene for them, right? They're walking up, seeing this baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And like, why wouldn't they think that, well, that's what we do with our sacrificial lambs. He's a sacrifice. And we know that because we know the end of the story. We know that Jesus dies on the cross for our sins and is the ultimate sacrifice that put an end to the lambs being sacrificed, right? Other bloodshed once and for all. He was Mm -hmm. the payment. We know that, but they didn't know that. And that's the really cool thing about how Jesus uses people and, and he's in all the details. He is in every single detail from the simple lying him in a manger. Jesus is in the details Mm -hmm. and God has this whole thing entirely planned out and he uses people that are familiar. He uses people that are comfortable with that kind of thing because shepherds are not going to walk into the palace, but they will walk in to a stable where animals eat and are taken care of. Like that is a setting that they can walk into and be comfortable in because that's what they're used to. And Jesus has always been that way for all of us, right? He has always been that person that, and that king that is not just this king that we can't approach and he's distant and he's too far up that we can't approach his throne, right? Mm -hmm. He has always been near to us and he wants us to approach him comfortably. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us to be all nervous and, you know, like we we feel like we have to get cleaned up and all this stuff. That's not how Jesus has been, even since day one. 
He has always been the king that he wants us to be able to approach him freely and confidently, right? Approach the throne with confidence. And I think that this is just a cool detail that we often don't see and we don't think about or we don't know about. And there are so many details like that throughout scripture that we don't know about because Mm -hmm. we haven't necessarily studied it or heard about it yet or whatever. And yet, we can still rest assured that nothing happens by coincidence. Like, it's not just a coincidence when we read that, that this will be a sign for you. For you. Mm -hmm. Nobody, like, the angel could have gone to, you know, whoever else. I mean, anybody else, right? And they are probably not going to recognize how big of a deal it is that Jesus, this newborn baby, is birthed in a stable, wrapped tightly in cloth, Nobody else is going to recognize that that is anything crazy or anything significant, right? But these shepherds do, and it is assigned to them, and they are able to find him first. And so, this is just a detail in the Christmas story that I find so interesting and something that I want us to recognize this Christmas season, that Jesus is approachable, and he always has been since day one. And it's also a really great example. Dad was praying at church and he brought up the really great point of this stable, the manger, like it's all a very, very humble Mm -hmm. setting, non-threatening, like you just said, like for the shepherds, they're comfortable there. They are able to just, you know, walk Mm -hmm. in there because all of us pretty well know like shepherds were the outsiders. They weren't really allowed in many places. And so even if Mary and Joseph had found a Mm -hmm. room that they could stay in, they probably wouldn't have really been accepted there or anything. Mm -hmm. And so this just kind of is an example of how we don't have to change a bunch. We don't have to get ourselves cleaned up. We don't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. to approach Jesus. And I thought that that was a really, really good example Mm -hmm. that we can look at and that we can visualize of what coming to Jesus is like. Right. Anyway, we're going kind of long. The next one, we're jumping all the way to John 20 now, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 just so that we kind of understand the setting. This is also something very common that if you have ever been in a church on Easter, you will have heard this. Um, This is part of, well, this is the resurrection story. And so in this episode, cloth, It's going to play a very important role in everything. So, uh, John 20, I'm starting at verse 1 and going through verse 10. And it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Okay, 
this is really, really cool. A very interesting fact Mm -hmm. that I had no idea about till this past Easter. Anyway, there's one verse right here in the middle, verses 6 and 7. Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Mm -hmm. Very, very important detail that gets overlooked a lot in this verse, which, I mean, I had overlooked it for a really long time, and uh, you don't really have cause to look into that. Like, mm. why is that there? You know, it's just a detail that Peter noticed it. So we're going to record that to kind of right. describe this scene a little mm. bit more. But this is actually really, really important. It's a very important detail because in the Jewish culture, the master of a house uh, would have his napkin mm-hmm. when he would come to the dinner table, you know, normal napkin sitting there Mm -hmm. and he would take it use it there would always be a servant kind of on the sidelines cleaning up ready to take the dishes away Mm -hmm. after uh, they were done eating and everything so there would always be a servant and they would always be watching the master of the house because if he took his napkin and just kind of threw it down on the table beside his plate or whatever and got up and left that would mean that he was done with the meal. He wasn't going to eat anymore. He wasn't coming back. He was going to go do whatever he was done eating. If he was simply getting up to go and do something, but he would be coming back, he would fold the napkin Mm -hmm. in a certain way and lay it on the table. And then the servants would know, don't clean up the rest of the food, don't clean up any dishes or anything because he's coming back. Mm -hmm. This is very important that this is recorded in this passage because Jesus folded the cloth. Mm -hmm. He folded it and left it, Mm -hmm. which means that was a sign to everyone that would see that. Obviously, everyone would know this because everyone owned their house and they would have done this or they would have seen other people do it. It was very, it was just a natural thing that they all did. They were all taught to do this. Yeah. So anyone who saw it, that's why Peter noticed it because Mm -hmm. since Jesus did that, that meant that he was saying, I'm coming back. Don't leave. Don't do anything. I'm coming back. And so this is so important because without this, without Jesus saying that he's coming back, Mm -hmm. the Christmas story doesn't mean anything. It's just about a baby who is born in a stable. And it doesn't mean anything that he's the sacrificial lamb. That's what the cloth and the manger stands for is sacrifice. And so that would have been the very first thing that would have come into the shepherd's head, I'm sure, is Mm -hmm. that, wow, we do this with all the very special sacrificial lambs. So without this sacrifice and without him saying that he's coming back, neither of these stories means anything. The resurrection doesn't even mean anything because... Mm -hmm. Where's the hope in that if he's not actually coming back? Right. And so this is just like, we got really excited when we learned this. We're oh, those yeah. people who get like <laughs> so excited when we learn uh, new and interesting stuff. You know, this is one of the things that mom's like, how on earth do people find this out? Mm-hmm. And seriously, I don't know how they do, but uh, I guess just from studying the culture and everything, because that mm-hmm. was super duper common. And that's why Peter would have noticed this and John would have noticed this also. The disciple, 
a lot, some people don't know this, but the disciple, when it says Mary, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, saw the stone removed from the entrance, she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, mm-hmm. the one Jesus loved. Just to clarify, that would have been John. Okay. We think that that would have been John because John and Jesus had a very, very close relationship mm-hmm. and Jesus said that John was the one he loved. And so, obviously, he loved all of them, but that was just kind of something that John was known by. And so, John is obviously writing this account. So, I think that that was kind of a humility thing, almost, was that he didn't want to mention his own name, just Mm -hmm. the one Jesus loved, which a lot of people would have known what he meant by that. So, there's just a little bit. And he was also younger than Peter. Yes. um, Because it says that he ran faster to the tomb than Peter did. And so, I think that that's another interesting fact that he obviously runs faster than Peter, right? Mm -hmm. And that, isn't it interesting how John was reluctant to go to the tomb? Mm-hmm. why though like these are the questions that we have to ask ourselves because if we don't you don't get to know these details we yeah. don't know about the shepherds we don't know about the cloth and the culture and all the stuff that jesus puts in this and this just proves guys if you're on the fence if you're listening to this and you're like well i don't know if this whole jesus thing is real let this be a sign for you that he is real because why do we have all these details why do we put this much effort into a story why even in history textbooks you don't even have this much detail like you wouldn't if this was just history it would have been mary magdalene went to the tomb saw that the stone was removed from the entrance peter and john went and didn't find jesus body because this wouldn't have any bearing on prophecy this fulfilled a lot of prophecies Mm -hmm. first the cloth and the manger fulfilled a lot of prophecies the lamb that was slain for us and then the good shepherd you know lots of stuff that is tied in with that and then with this in the resurrection story of the cloth being folded also fulfills a lot of prophecies Mm -hmm. in isaiah and in those places because they all said like he would come die and then he would come back right and so this was the sign that he gave that he was coming back and Mm so i don't know this is like i keep repeating myself but it's it's a very cool detail Mm -hmm. that gets overlooked so many times because honestly before i knew this i didn't even like notice that that was there you know Mm-hmm. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been around Jesus' head, you know. And sometimes I would be a little bit like, well, why wouldn't the one that was around his head be there? Right. Like, you know, not a big deal. Of mm-hmm. course, it's there. Jeez Louise, Peter, like, you think he's just going to walk out with nothing else on but his head covering? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. But these are, this is honestly, like, lots of people talk about how boring it is to read scripture and everything but this when you do your research when Mm -hmm. you that's been something that we've been talking about a lot lately is doing your research and stuff but you can even do your research about your bible Mm -hmm. like i know that we say you know read your bible first and then find other sources but honestly sometimes you got to read your bible find other sources about your bible Mm -hmm. and then make sure they're good sources yes obviously yeah just to clarify yeah And then you go and do your research because how would we really know necessarily if you hadn't read the Old Testament, if you didn't know all those prophecies? Well, even if you knew those prophecies, but this wasn't recorded, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. know that that had been fulfilled because Jesus hasn't come back yet. So it still hasn't been completely fulfilled. But Jesus himself is then saying, I'm going to come back 
So pay attention. And then this is where we need to really be looking and listening because this stuff is in here Mm -hmm. and it gives us details that we really need to know, but we just have to research, take time, and really study our Bibles in depth. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I want to point out is that just like Maddie said earlier, the birth, the death and resurrection means absolutely nothing if Jesus isn't coming back, Mm -hmm. right? A baby was born. Oh, great, right? Oh, he died and said that he saved us. Great. But it doesn't matter if we don't one day get to spend eternity with him Mm -hmm. and that we are completely pure because of what he did for us, right? Because of what he did for us on the cross coming as Mm -hmm. a baby. And uh, these are all details that just prove that he is real and that he is coming back because he wouldn't do all this stuff if he wasn't coming back for his for his chosen people. And that's what we have to hang on to in these uncertain times, right? 2020 has been crazy as we've talked about. People are always saying, well, it's just a terrible year and all this stuff. It's not because he is revealing himself in so many ways mm-hmm. and we see scripture coming alive we see all these things we being fulfilled during quarantine right and it applies to us today mm-hmm. right it is not some old history book that doesn't matter and has nothing to do with us it has everything to do with him and everything to do with us and him coming back for us one day so rest in that hopefully that was some cool details that made you look at scripture in any way i know that Finding these things out for myself just kind of changes the way I read scripture. Mm-hmm. So little details like that in a story, I'm always like, okay, what's that mean? Does it have anything to do with this or any significance? And obviously not every single detail in the Bible yeah. goes back to something like this, like yeah. where the cloth and the shepherds and then the resurrection in the cloth and all this stuff. But isn't it interesting that Jesus is always using the humblest things mm-hmm. for his glory? The every, everyday, everyday, common things. Right. Like, that. that's why this particular detail in the resurrection is important because right. it's everyday, something that's honestly, like, mundane yeah. to the Jewish people in that um, time period. It would have been normal, just like a repetitive action that you always do. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's end our episode here. We're a little longer. I apologize, but hopefully you guys enjoyed this, learned a little something, and we knew that we couldn't pass this Christmas season up without sharing these details with you because it has changed how we read scripture and how we look at the Christmas story and the resurrection and how Jesus is coming back one day. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day and for this episode, and I pray that you would help each and every one of us to really be interested in what you have to tell us through your word. I pray that we would really be researching the things that are in your word. I pray that we would just want to learn more and more about all these what look to be mundane little details uh, that you've included in your word, and I pray that we would really just take the time to learn more about you and learn more about what you've told us through the Bible, and I pray that you would just help all of us to be looking for these little details while we're reading and studying your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We pray that you have a blessed week and that you make it a great day with Jesus today. Merry Christmas. We are in Christmas week and we are so excited to just be able to celebrate our Savior this week and uh, remember to live every day like that in celebration of what he's done for you and the salvation that he's brought to us and 
just celebrating that one day he is coming back for us as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye guys. (laughs) 